Well, I know I say it every week, but just wow about our worship. I just appreciate so much the selection of songs and the and the songs. And uh, someone who watches our service on uh, line every week on YouTube uh, called me this last week and said uh, they just love the worship. I don't know why they were telling the preacher. They could have said, I love the sermon, but uh, they said, I just love. And said that lady that leads the worship said she just has a crystal clear voice and just leads me right into the presence of God. Said, tell her she has a fan. So you have a fan, all right? <laughs> Many fans. And uh, I, I'm numbered among one of those fans, so thank you, Stephanie Tracy. Um, Fathers, mothers, parents are mentioned over 2,000 times in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? So God's pretty concerned, pretty interested in parenting. And the word bless or blessing or blessed is used 546 times in the Bible. And many times it's in connection with the importance of fathers blessing their children. So I want to speak to you this morning. My message, and Brad always asks me what the title is. I'll tell you, it's straight A fathers this morning. How to be straight A fathers. I said uh, a few minutes ago that I believe that fathers actually have cursed the generations that are ahead of us now. Not all fathers, obviously, but many fathers in America today are failing in, some, in, in the most critical role of bringing up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. So fathers, and so many fathers today are provoking their children to anger. And uh, angry generation, a lot of angry kids today. And part of it uh, is not just because they don't get their way. It is because they're not getting the kind of nurture, the kind of love, the kind of affection, and the kind of blessing that they need primarily from their fathers. Listen to this. In Colossians 3.21, fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. A lot of discouraged kids today. The suicide rate is at the highest level that it has ever been in America among teenagers. Isn't that amazing? In a country where there is so much to live for, so much opportunity, so much material blessing, and to find so many kids who are so discouraged, depressed, and despairing of life itself. Why? There are many other reasons, obviously, but one reason is because there is not the kind of connection between fathers and their children that there needs to be. So the last verse in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, the very last verse in the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, in the King James Version especially, it talks about the coming of the forerunner who would precede 
Christ. And it says, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Isn't that terrible, isn't it? It's terrible to think that God is saying that that if fathers do not turn their hearts to their children and children do not turn their hearts to their fathers, what is left on this earth is just a curse. And I think we see that today. There is a curse on our nation today uh, throughout our throughout our America. And I think we're in trouble today. Would you, I think most people would agree with that. Even most politicians agree with that, that we're in serious trouble as a nation. And there is the lack of leadership. There is the lack of, of a sense of true morality. There is a lack of any kind of objective standard. It's pretty much just up for grabs, just whatever you want. They talk about your truth and my truth. Well, there's not your truth and my truth. There may be my opinion and your opinion, but God's truth is the truth. And so in our nation today, we have just drifted totally away from any sense of something that is solid and anchored and true. And so every man is left to just kind of fend for themselves. And when a generation feels that way, when a generation doesn't have in the home, especially fathers, who will set a direction and set an example, then the kids just drift. And they don't drift in good directions, generally speaking. They drift in bad directions. And so uh, I I, I praise God for mothers. And uh, we had Mother's Day last month. We talked about the importance of mothers. But I tell you, mothers set the, the atmosphere in the home but fathers set the direction in the home and in the hearts of their children. <clears throat> so we need godly fathers. And uh, I want to uh, I want to talk to you about how to bless our children. If the nation is under a curse because of weak fathers, how do we as fathers bless? Our children. And the Bible tells us that the glory of children is their fathers. That is, that which really, really sets the direction in the lives of children are their fathers. And um, I, I praise God for my father. He had weaknesses just like all fathers do, just like I do. And uh, when I was a little boy, I thought my father couldn't do anything wrong. When I was a teenage boy, I thought my father couldn't do anything right. And then after I got grown, got married, and began to have children, I realized that my father was not a monster, and he was not an angel. He was a human. He was a human. And he, uh, he had his strengths, and he had his challenges, just like all of us do. And my father taught me to, to work hard. I guess maybe the main lesson that he taught me in life, always do more than is expected of you. And if you have a job... You seek to be the hardest worker, the best worker at that job that they've ever had. Not just the ones they have now, but the ones they've ever had. That stuck with me all my life. And then he taught me to have uh, a high regard for women, 
to respect women. He said, when any time your mother walks in that room and you're sitting down, you stand up. And any time any woman comes in, you stand up. You always respect women. When we'd go to New York to visit our daughter when she lived up there, we'd ride the uh, subway or bus, usually the subway, and I'd just see women get on the, the subway and kids, teenage boys, sitting in chairs and seats, and none of them offered to get up and let that lady have a seat. I felt kind of funny as an ancient old man being the one to stand up and say to a, a woman who was younger than me, you can have my seat. But I tell you, that goes back to my dad. My dad said, you always treat women as if they are treasured vessels, treasured persons. And so those are some kinds of things. Those are, that's just the impact that a father, that my father had on me. As I was growing up, even though he was an imperfect father, as we all are. So, so how do we bless our children? There was a book written, I think it was by Gary Smalley, several years ago, called The Blessing. And in that book, he says that there are, are ways we bless our children. And I want to mention five. I don't know if these are the same five he had, but these are five that I would have, and they all start with the letter A. So that makes them a straight A father. Okay. And the first A is acceptance. Ephesians 1 6 says, God has made us accepted in the beloved. Isn't it wonderful to know that God accepts us? He receives us. He welcomes us. He doesn't ever try to make us be somebody different. He, he receives us and welcomes us, and then he, because of his acceptance, he gradually changes us from the inside out. Every father needs to be able to say to their children, and every grandfather needs to be able to say to their grandchildren, and now I'll go ahead and add another layer to that, every great-grandfather needs to be able to say to his great-grandchildren, you are wanted. You are a gift from God. You are a treasure. I delight in you. I, I, I see fathers and mothers in the grocery store. You know, I know a lot of you think I live in the grocery store, and I do spend a lot of time there, by the way. But uh, I just find I have a ministry there. I call it my Walmart ministry, and I, I have a ministry there. But I see so many uh, uh, parents who just yank their kids around, and they scold them, and they yell at them. And they're just being kids. They're not doing anything bad, you know. They're just, you know, get over here, get over here, you know, put that down. And I think, you know, what's that say to a kid? It says, I am a bother rather than a blessing. And so we want to communicate to our children that they are a wanted, treasured gift from God. And we want to say to them, I like you. Like you are. I'm not saying if you'll get better, I'll love you more. No, they need to know they are loved just like they are. One of the songs that we sing, one of the invitation songs that we sing about coming to Jesus is that song written by uh, Charlotte Elliott, Just As I Am. Just as I am. Without 
one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. And that's the way we need to communicate to our children. You, you can come to me at any time, just like you are. I'm not making demands for your love, for, for you to receive my love. I, I like you, and I love you, just like you are. And I don't compare you with others. I don't say, why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like your uh, cousin? Or why can't you be like your, I don't know that anybody ever says, why can't you be like your father? But uh, <clears throat> why can't you be like somebody else? No, no. They're, they're who they are. They're unique, special, the way God made them. And we don't compare them with others. And then I accept your limitations, and I applaud your achievements. I'm so, if you do something well, that's great. But I, I also accept your limitations. I don't try to make you be something that you're not. I can I remember even when our kids were in high school, going to high school football games and seeing fathers in the stands who were mad at their son for missing a pass. And I mean, yell at them. And one father even went out on the football field and yanked his son's helmet off and threw it down on the ground. And I thought, how humiliating, how sad for that boy to feel like just because I missed a tackle or missed a block or missed a pass, my dad is angry at me. No, we accept their limitations and we applaud their achievements. And then to know that you're unique. So in accepting your kids, you these are the things you communicate to them. That's acceptance. The second and third A, these kind of go together, approval and affirmation. Jeremiah 31.3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Wonderful for a kid to know my dad loves me with an everlasting love. You're a person of worth. You're a worthy person, not a perfect person. And uh, we will have children who fail in many, many ways. We'll have children who will break our heart, but they must not break our love for them. We love them even though they fail and even though they may not love themselves. And then we tell them, you're doing a good job. For some kids, you know, their love language is words of affirmation, and they need to hear, good job. You're doing a great job. I read of a father who had twin boys, and one of them, they were not, uh, they were fraternal twins. They weren't identical twins. One of them was severely mentally challenged and physically challenged. The other one seemed to have gotten all of the intelligence. He was brilliant, and he was valedictorian in his high school while his twin brother was about a, three-year-old or four-year-old in his mind. And then the boy went off to college, came back, Phi Beta Kappa, 
graduated magna cum laude and came and showed his father his diploma. And the father said, son, I am so proud of you. Then he felt something down by his foot. And his other son said, Daddy, Daddy, I tied your shoe. That father dropped down to his knee and said, Son, I am so proud of you. Listen, we need to know that our kids can't all be the same, but they can all have the same affirmation and affection and approval from us. And then the fourth A is affection. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. Do you know that God has deep affection for his children? We're not just his servants. We're not just his creation. We're his redeemed, blood-purchased sons and daughters. And he deeply loves you. There are a lot of people who don't feel loved by many people. There are people who feel a lot of rejection. And there are people who do not feel a lot of affection. But they can run to their heavenly father and know that they are loved. They are deeply, deeply, and personally loved. He doesn't just love his family. He doesn't just love his children. He loves you. He loves me. This last week I was reading in Psalms where it said, when, I, when my heart is overwhelmed, I run to the rock. He is our rock. And when we run to him, we do not find a stiff arm. When we run to him, we find an open arm. And we find when our heart is overwhelmed, we run to the rock that is higher than we are. And we find affection. And we need to give that affection to our children. Understand their love language. Some some. Children receive love in a different way. You try to love each child in exactly the same way, you'll probably fail one of them or two of them. But you understand, find out, do they need a lot of physical affection? Do they need a lot of hugs and touches and so forth? If they do, then lavish it on them. And uh, I love watching my grandkids with their father, Brian Treadaway, they, I think they all love sitting in his lap. I keep thinking he needs a lot bigger lap because they just pile on him. 
and they they like lots of hugs and 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 kisses and lots of physical affection. Not all kids are that way, but they all need to be loved, feel loved. They need positive communication, speaking words to them that are encouraging, not discouraging. And uh, edifying, the Bible uses the word edify. It means to build up, to, to let your words, let, let no corrupt communication, the Bible says, proceed from your mouth. That word corrupt there is the word that means that which makes sick, that which causes to rot. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but rather that which provides grace to the hearer. And then they need an atmosphere of affection to feel loved. One thing I've read before, and I think this is true to a large degree, the best thing a man can do for his kids is to lavishly love their mother. And I tell you, in this day when so many homes are so broken and so many mothers are turning their kids against their father, so many fathers speaking negatively about their mother, that's got to be just a heart-wrenching ripping apart of the kids. And I'd say even if the husband and wife are not together, the father needs to always speak positively about the kid's mother. God blessed you with a good mother. I love your mother. But hopefully, ideally, they stay together. And kids, you know, kids, when they see mom and dad kissing, they might go, ooh, you know. But they don't really mean that. They might go to their room and say, yes. They might not, but, uh, but in their heart, they're thinking, I'm glad my dad loves my mom. I'm glad my mom and dad love each other. So... There needs to be that atmosphere of affection. And then the last A, I think this is the fifth one. I think I've gotten five in there. Is that right, Brad? I said acceptance, approval, affirmation, affection, and then aspiration. Speak hope for their future. Talk to your kids. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, we love this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for wholeness and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. I know the plans I have for you. Plans for welfare, for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Fathers, you need to be speaking to your kids for their future. You know, we're really not raising kids. Joshua, you know you're not raising kids, right? You're raising adults. They just happen to be little right now. But you're not preparing them to be children. They don't need any preparation for that. You're preparing them to be adults. And that's that's why you want to speak about their, their future. Study them, learn 
what they love, what they're good at. Encourage them in that. When our oldest daughter was in eighth grade, she came to me and said, Dad, wasn't eighth grade, I think, ninth grade? said, Dad, I think God wants me to be an actress and a singer, uh, to be in theater. And I'd never thought of that. I'd never thought of that. But she, she said, that's what I believe God wants me to do. And I said, well, if God wants you to do it, then we'll support you wholeheartedly. And we went to tons of plays and other things and watched God do in her <clears throat> what she dreamed of. And so I'm saying help your children see a future. Talk to them about God has plans for you. God has something for you to do. And help them find it. Don't don't pick it out for them. Help them find it. And then support them in it. And they'll be happier. And you'll be happier. Well, that's the straight A's. Now, the Bible says in James chapter 3, verse 10, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brother's... These things ought not to be. I'm telling you, we can't bless our children and curse our children at the same time. Just like a stream can't produce salty water and clear water at the same time. From our mouth, we need to choose, is it going to be blessing? Then yes, we choose blessing and we speak blessing. And in the Bible, there are many examples. I could take time, but I say I'm out of time. To read you a lot of blessings that Moses spoke, that Abraham spoke, that others spoke. But I'll close with this. The Lord told Moses, this is Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. The Lord told Moses, tell Aaron... And his sons, as you bless the people of Israel, say this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. And I will bless them. Fathers, if you will bless your children, God will put his blessing upon you and upon them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have blessed us in so many ways. We use that term even so flippantly. But I I pray that you will help us to truly count our blessings the way you have poured out upon us 
blessing after blessing after blessing. And you have spoken blessings to us. And you've told us that you love us. You've told us that we're worthy and special. And you've told us that we're unique. You've, you've told us that, that you love us. And I pray that you'll help us to receive that. And I know the reason that many fathers are not blessing their children is because they're not welcoming your blessing. And I pray that it will work that way. Help us to receive your grace and goodness and blessing and then become conduits for that blessing to flow to our children. And I pray it in Jesus' name. You know, if you're not a Christian, if God's not your heavenly Father, He would say to you today, Come. Come to me. Come home. Come come to the Father's arms. And you might say, Well, but I I'm not good enough. No. He doesn't that's why you need to come. And he says, You come just as you are. Just as you are. And if you need to come today, you come. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week, and may the Lord richly bless you.